Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Attacking the Championship podcast. I'm your host, Tom Butterfield, and we'll be meeting our resident guest, David Bromley, in just a moment to explain why we've decided to concentrate on the championship. Well, we think it's the best league in the world because the average attendance is more than 20,000, which is the highest outside of the top five leagues in Europe. It's very, very competitive, and there's loads of games, very physically demanding, 46 games over the season, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, all the way through. Players are absolutely knackered by the end of it, and there's a cigarette paper between most of the teams. So, David, why is it such an unpredictable league? Well, hi, Tom. Um, Hello, mate. Great. How are you? Sorry, I should have said hello first, shouldn't I? It's great to be here. Um, Good stuff. Well, I mean, we've lot. I think both we've watched a lot of Championship football over the years, and uh, you know, people, if you've watched it, you know. I mean, it, it's so unpredictable. Every single weekend, you know, you, you look through the games and you try and pick out what you think the outcomes are going to be, mm-hmm. and you're nearly always wrong. And the more <laughs> certain you are, the less likely it is to go the way you think. <laughs> this is um, true. But what we're trying to do here is we're trying to be objective we're trying to do is dig into the numbers behind mm. and the information behind what you see yeah, and, and and try and figure out, yeah, okay, we think this, A, is it right? And B, if it is, to what degree is it? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we've done here is, is looked at, is analysed the last five seasons um, before this season started, just to see exactly what you've just asked me really people talk about it being unpredictable is it unpredictable and, and how unpredictable is it mm. and according to the analysis that we've done it's only a little bit more than 50 percent in line with those guys who have got a vested interest in trying to make accurate predictions the bookies <laughs> um you know and 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 i was quite shocked actually yeah and they don't like to get it wrong do they the bookies it's not good for business no it's not and and i think when you look at the the predictions at the beginning of the season you know most people who've watched the the, the championship would probably agree with them mm. you know unless it's your club and you tend sure. to have a you know you tend to have a different view of of where, what the expectations might be for the season but really when you look at it i, I don't think you'd if you go back over the five seasons and look at the beginning of the season and what the bookies were predicting, I don't think you would have disagreed with much of it. No, absolutely. Um, and funnily enough, this season so far, and and you know we'll talk about this, this I'm sure a lot that we know it's only five games. You know, so let's yeah, small just, sample let's size, isn't be, it? Absolutely. So let's let's be conscious of 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 you know what we can, what conclusions we can draw. But so far. It's running at about thirty-five percent in line with with what was predicted. So wow. you know, it's keeping up its reputation. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's but that's the thing, isn't it? And again, I think that's why we like the championship so much is the fact that it does have that unpredictable, uh, unpredictable, easy for me to say, uh, side to it. You know, I mean, last season with Luton getting promoted, you know, not many teams would have, uh, not many people would have thought that Luton would have been one of the guys to uh, to go up. So uh, yeah, it's depends if we can uncover who's going to be this year's Luton and who's going to be this year's uh, underperformers as well. So it'll be uh, be good to see. And yeah. and how about the 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 financial side of it? Because of course that's going to play into the the predictions of of who's going to go up. Because we always hear, don't we? Oh, we haven't got the budget for this, or we haven't got the budget for that. We can't match that. How much does the budget come into it? I think the budget comes into it. I mean, people used to say, not very many years ago, well, look, all you really need to do is is establish the financial resources of the clubs in whatever league it is mm. and line them up in that order. And that's the best predictor you're going to get of right. how they're going to finish. Mm-hmm. Now, in the last few years, there have been better predictors mm-hmm. since this real, the, the, the sort of... And since analytics has become pretty much mainstream and everybody's aware of expected goals and that kind of thing, you know, there are better predictors, but they're only marginally better. So it's mm. certainly true to say you're not going to be very far off if you just look at the resource, the financial resource. Um, 
but I mean, if you look at again, if you look at the championship, this is another intriguing thing I think about the championship is that the, the sheer spread of, of financial muscle uh, between those that you know are just kind of getting established in that division or have just come it's up massive, from, isn't it? from below, and those who've come back down from the prem. Mm. I mean, he's absolutely enormous. And and again, we ran some sort of numbers just to look and see where mm -hmm. we think it is this season. Um, and if you add up the, if you just take the squad, a, a, no, a, a, a notional squad value for, mm -hmm. for each team, and you add up the, the bottom three teams, they come to about 50 million, just over 50 million cumulatively. Right. And then if you compare that with the top three that came down from the Prem, almost 700 million. Jeez. You know, so it's really... But I think, again, you know, this makes it... I was thinking about this. It's almost, for some clubs, for, for the clubs that are really kind of trying to get a, get get established in the division, it's a bit like a, a third-round FA Cup tie every week from a division where maybe they've gone to play teams with average gates of three and a half, four thousand. Mm. And they're going to the likes of Leeds and Leicester and Southampton. Absolutely. And, and others, you know, with, with 10 times those, those gates. So it's a real, it's, you know, full of that kind of drama. There's a huge reward as well, isn't there, for, for going up. You've mentioned about the squad values of, of the top three teams compared to the bottom three teams. So, the prize to get out of the championship, you know, we we love the championship, we love the excitement of it, but of course, I think you've mentioned this before in conversation we've had ourselves, and you know, no team really wants to be in it. They all want to be in the league above, don't they? So, right, yeah. what that's what the are the? It's a great division, but no one. Yeah, wants to be in yeah, that that's it. That's Everyone's right. looking to the next stage, aren't they? Yeah. So, what are the rewards of of going from there? I mean, we know it's a huge amount of money, but of course, it changes every year, doesn't it, with the different TV deals and what yeah. have you. So, what is a team likely to to sort of win, I suppose, or be rewarded with when they do go from the Championship to the uh, to the Premier League? I think the latest figures are it's a minimum of about 135 million. Okay. And that's assuming that because obviously the longer you stay in the Premier League, the higher mm. the parachute payments or the longer the parachute payments go on mm. for if you get relegated. So if you just spend a season in in the top flight, then you're going to be you'll you'll sacrifice some of those subsequent parachute payment yeah. years, but even so, you know, 135 million when we've just talked about clubs where the the value of the total value of the squad yeah. is probably not even twenty million, mm -hmm. you know. And it, it's a it's a real. It, I mean, look at Luton this year. I mm. mean, it's actually transformed not only the club but it's transformed the the area. Absolutely. You, know, you you look you read about the local shops and the businesses and the community. Mm -hmm. It's a massive thing. Yeah. And it's I don't think it exists anywhere else in football. Mm this transformation and we all know there's masses of money in the Premier League um, you know and everybody wants to watch it all around the world and good luck to them um, you know it's a brilliant league mm. but I think once you're there everybody's got enough to get by but in below the Prem but it's it's for a lot of clubs it's you know really tricky absolutely and of course there's always been uh, sort of examples of of teams that have risked it all, I suppose, to get into the Premier League, haven't they? Uh, and then they come down, but of course they've cut their cloth a bit too, or they've bitten off more than they could chew. I suppose we could we could say, uh, and we've got those teams that have just plummeted straight through. And one of them, I suppose, has has come back up with Sheffield Wednesday this year, and I suppose Ipswich as well. We could say the the same thing. Well, you've got what you're really referring to there is you've got the drama of, you know, how it can transform your club if you get promoted. Yeah. But it's the other, the other end is equally dramatic. Mm. There's real genuine peril. How much for, do you risk? That, yeah. How much do you risk yeah. to try and get out of the championship the right way? You know, we, yeah. ideally every team wants to go up through the championship rather than down through the championship. But, but yeah, if you, if you over, overdo it or, or 
spend unwisely on the on the playing staff which you know we're going to cover quite a lot in this in this podcast how teams can improve that mm. um you know you can end up really getting stuck and in the wilderness for a long time like you know we've we've talked about leads you know in conversation with ourselves you know derby charlton ipswich sheffield wednesday until recently those those clubs but um but no it is it's a it's a huge issue isn't it genuine existential threat for these clubs isn't it mm. i mean yeah as I say, they're living hand to mouth, especially mm. when you go below the championship. I lived in Portsmouth when they they had their huge financial issues, and it was it was all that everybody in the in the city was uh, was talking about was right. um, you know whether the club would survive because it it was you know considered that it, it could go out of business, which would have been huge because Portsmouth's a great great place. You know, it's a it's a one one club city. You know, every kid almost every single kid is wearing a Portsmouth shirt, you know, whereas, you know, you go somewhere else and they would have had a Man City, Liverpool, whatever, but nearly every single kid is wearing a Portsmouth jersey, which is great. I, I loved, I loved that. And it was, it's good to see them hopefully coming back through the, through the leagues again. Yeah, well, it, it is, it's, it's, it's lovely to see that. Um, but, mm. but again, with, along with that goes the responsibility of trying to keep the club alive. Sure. You realise how much more it is than just a football team, and you yeah. know we go and watch it, the, the game on Saturday, and that's it for the week. It really isn't for a no. lot of, for a lot of these communities. It's it's the you know it's the highlight. Yeah, it's the thing holding it all together, lives. isn't it? Yeah, and so it's mm. you know it's you've got to be careful if you just kind of commentating on it. I think when you, you from from the outside and talking about you know this and that and the peril of relegation that you don't mm. sort of diminish what it really means. Absolutely. And, you know, th this is a, again, why I think when we were talking about trying to do something on the championship, it, it, all of this is, is kind of all wrapped up mm. in, in the 46 game season. Yeah. And, and I know, you know, there's, it's not the only league in the world. Of course, there's lots of, and, and there's a lot that, that goes in common with, with South American football and, you know, and European football. But I think it, the, everything is here. Mm. Um, and, the th and and maybe the, the thing, I think the other thing we were going to discuss was, you know, the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, and absolutely. Again, I think that's the thing that if you're looking at the championship against the Premier League, that's a real minor. There aren't many minuses for the, for the Premier mm -hmm. League, but I think that is one of them. Yeah, I agree. Playoff, um, at the end of the season, so you know, you can seasons can, and, and it's not as bad as it used to be, but seasons can be over prematurely, can't they? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, last year in the championship, what was it? Four, four or five teams were in the with a chance of that last playoff spot coming into the last game. Yeah, and it's and, common, isn't it? It's it's, it's, it's unbelievable, and it's yeah. but it's it's great for for football fans because. You know, again, especially the championship, you could you could be in the bottom three at Christmas and have a genuine run for the playoffs. You know, yeah. the second half of the season. Well, we've seen um, it. We saw. Yeah. It, you know, we saw it last season with uh, West Brom. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like struggling down in in the in the relegation spots and pretty narrowly missed out on on the playoffs. And then I think the season before, I think both Forest and Huddersfield. That's right. Same experience. Yeah, yeah. I think Hudders. Uh, sorry, I think Nottingham Forest had lost their first certainly six or seven games of the season, yeah. um, and were rock bottom. And you know, and up they up they came. That's um, a good indicator, really, of how how unpredictable it is. Yeah, absolutely. You do, you don't tend to find that. I don't. I mean, I, you, I think you do get that in some divisions a bit, but you don't get that much in the Prem. You tend to look at it and go, well, "No, we've sort of think if you're." After ten games, if you're down the bottom, then it's going to be a scrap. Yeah, you tend to get your leagues within the league, don't you? Yeah, you you're okay. sort of your top four, top six, and then your sort of middle middle bunch, then your bottom four or five. But you know, like you say, that just because you're at the the bottom of the league after ten, twelve games in the championship doesn't mean you aren't going to win the blooming thing. So no, it doesn't. <laughs> <it's>, uh... no, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, and the playoffs in themselves are a, a you know massive financially again it's just transformational isn't it that mm. one game yeah that you talk about that one playoff final which is brutal if you're in it i think <laughs> yeah absolutely it's another thing which i'm always conscious of this when 
you know you're talking about how exciting this stuff is and it is but it's not it's it's not the same feeling for when when everything is on the line that's it yeah if you're the owner you're the manager you're the players it's uh it's a bit bit different (laughs) yeah so i mean but but again you know it keeps the season alive it provides focus doesn't it and it's it's everything that's in a way good and and exciting and dramatic about the championship it's magic really no it's it's great fantastic and of course to get out of the championship you've got to win games certainly if you're trying to go the right way anyway and i know in you know we've talked a lot about football you know probably more hours than we we'd like to admit but we we're big fans of of goals and we're big fans of attacking football aren't we we're not not huge on the on the defensive mindset obviously you need to defend but yeah. goals goals win games and, and and wins are the things that get you uh get you promoted so i asked you a question didn't I? and i said wouldn't it be interesting to find out if there's a particular style of play which makes you more or less likely to get out of the the championship and it was just sort of something I said off off the top of my head. And of course, you being you just went away and I think about 15 minutes later, came back with a, a pretty... Yeah, well, I, knew uh, you did. I knew it wasn't just throwaway remark. <laughs> I, knew, well, I knew what it's, you really meant was... It's that, always a get, test. You know, get <laughs> your backside and out. It's always a test somewhere. And you, and you succeeded yet again. And you came up with this chart that uh, for, for those of you who are listening... We'll put any of these diagrams or any of these charts that we're we're referring to. We'll attach them into the the show notes of of the of the episode. Or we are also hoping to eventually pop these up onto uh, onto YouTube as well. So hopefully we can just edit them straight in and it'll be fairly seamless and, and not need me to be waffling on quite so much. But this graph, what it what it shows is sort of different styles of play, didn't you, David? And and, and what did we what did we find that they uh, they showed us? Well, I suppose a bit of background is is we're taking some data and we've we've got some models that are trying to establish objectively what the style of play of each team is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, I'm sure if you've watched your team play 20 times in a season, then, you know, you're going to know a lot about your team. You're going to know mm-hmm. whether your team likes to keep the ball or whether they like to, you know, get forward early or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but it's very I think it's very interesting to to see what the the numbers actually say mm. you know, what, who who is doing what and to what extent and so one of the things we've done is we've 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 figured out you know of the of the five main playing styles that we've picked we figured out who who is is employing what, what style of play and of course this is something that's that's a, an even it's, it's a an evolving. Um, mm thing through the season so it may be that you you look at it over the first five games and it's this way and then the next five it it sort of morphs into something else and then a mm-hmm. new manager takes over and it changes yeah. again and so on but so what we've done we've we've looked at the five styles of play a possession-based style um an outright attacking style and then a high pressing style a counter-attacking style and a direct style mm-hmm. and We've gone back over these five seasons. We've used five seasons. You can say, look, we could have used more and then you'd have had more data and you'd have had more robust um, stats and more Mm -hmm. confidence and so on. But the the longer you go back, the less it reflects perhaps the way that things are today. So there's a disadvantage in going back 10 years Mm because things 10 years ago weren't the same as they are going to be this season so i think a five year seemed to be a sensible sort of time frame so we looked at five years and we've looked at the teams that exhibited what style of play and where they finished in the division and tried to figure out you know what it's telling us is and and what it's really telling us is look um if you attack and you do it successfully that's the way out of the division now you Mm. might say on the face of it well Okay, so so far so obvious. Yeah, um, but you know, lots of people feel, and I, and I'm, it's this. We haven't got answers to the. We're not trying to pretend that we've got all the answers, but a lot of people say, well, uh, it's all about defense. You know, you've got to mm-hmm. have a solid defense. You've got to build from the back, and so on. And I think all that's true, and there's a, it's certainly a subject to discuss. But the figures seem to show that. 
winning is the most important thing. Absolutely. I mean, apart from the obvious things like getting points, but that's how the league table is calculated. So that, that goes without saying. But winning is more important than not losing. Scoring yes. is more important than not conceding. Yeah. So if if you want to if if you've got the opportunity to try to employ a particular style, then it, the attacking style, if you do it well, is going to be your best bet. And that's mm. been shown when you look at where all the teams and all the different styles they employed over the last five seasons have ended up. Um, and it's interesting because it looks like there's a bit of a trend. And and again, we've got a relatively small amount of data because we've got five seasons, not 55 mm -hmm. seasons. But there appears to be a bit of a trend towards the sort of attacking combined with the high press. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Which, again, I don't think it's going to be a massive shock to anybody. But it's interesting to see that the numbers seem to be bearing that out. Absolutely. Um, and I think if you, you know, where this really started, I think, is is over 20 years ago. Well, not 20 years ago, over 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, in 81, when um, they changed the rules from two points to three points for a win. Mm. And it, that then did encourage more wins and fewer draws. And, yeah, it gives greater incentive, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and. It, happily, that's one of the things that is they're quite rare sometimes that that where you get the desired effect when you train something and you hope it's going to do something and it actually does. Yeah, and, and things have changed for the better since then. And I think that's all played into where you know teams that attack have benefited. And and so yeah, we're we're massive advocates of of attacking. Football. Yeah, so we like a goal. So. Yeah, so much so that, you know, and this we might get criticised for this, but so much so that I think we're going to be so heavily, um, you know, inclined towards looking at attacking football and attacking players mm -hmm. almost exclusively. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's not to say, and I will probably will say this right up front, that's not to say that we don't believe that you need to be able to play without the ball, because you do. Absolutely, mm -hmm. you do. Yeah. But Absolutely. We're, we're kind of big advocates. And I think here's the other thing, Tom. It's just more healthy for the game, I think, to think I, about I think so. how can you attack well, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's I think I've mentioned the word a few times already today, drama. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think supporters want that. Yeah. You know, it's I always think that it's if if all you wanted was to watch high quality football. Mm -hmm. then you'd watch the, the Champions League, you'd watch the World Cup, you might watch the top end of the Premier League. No mm -hmm. one would ever watch anything else. No, Because you can right. get all access to all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they do. They want to watch their team. They want to watch the team they're invested in. Absolutely. They want to watch. And so it, what it boils down to really is it, they want the drama. And I don't think there's much more drama than, than <laughs> that you get from goals. No, ab absolutely. And, and that's... That is the the thing that gets people on their feet, isn't it? You know, is whenever the ball gets near to the near to the goal, you know, people start to you know sit up straighter, they start to stand, you know, get closer to the pitch. Um, not many people do that when uh, you know the ball's at the other end; they're sort of cowering backwards. But you know, it's it is so important. And I remember the you know probably the the strongest league when I was when I was a kid was probably uh, Serie A. And you would have, you know, you had some of the world's best players and maybe the top goal scorer would score maybe 15, 16 goals in a season, uh, maybe a 34, 36 game season. And it was so defensive. And I remember watching a game as a, as a, as a young lad and it just didn't interest me at all. And it was so different to watching uh, the, the Sunday match. There you go, I'm aging myself now <laughs> on uh, on ITV and, and that sort of thing, where it was just up and down. You know, it was it was fast. It was frenetic. There were mistakes. There were goals being scored, you know, chances or that sort of thing. It wasn't anywhere near as, as tactical. And we're not, not saying that um, the championship isn't tactical, but there is that drama there, isn't there? Yeah, you know, and there's, there's a lot more going on and, and I think if teams are willing to put more effort into uh, a more time and, and talent into scoring goals 
then we can see by the data here, you know, the attacking teams, the attacking teams that try and win the ball back high, you know, high pressing, full presses, they seem to be the ones that are correlated with a more positive final league position. So yeah. whether that can be taken into, you know, taken into, uh, taken on board by coaches, I mean, of course, maybe they'll, they'll say, well, I haven't got the players for that. Maybe they've got the more direct style to play, which we can see here up on the, on the screen, uh, hopefully anyway, uh, is is more correlated with a more negative uh, finish position, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, I, I, and I'm, look, I've got massive um, sympathy with the argument that, that, you know, you've... So what are you trying to say? We've managed to get over the line and up from League One into the Championship. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're punching above our weight with a budget that's a fraction of the size of a lot of our opponents. Yeah. And what you're telling us to do is to throw caution to the wind and, you know... Play, play with uh, three strikers and and try and well, <laughs> you know emulate the Bielsa team. Mm. Uh, you know, and of course, it sounds ludicrous, really, doesn't it? Um, but I, I think I think to aspire to that and to to realise mm. the value of a goal, to realise the value of getting getting a, a good attacking threat from your team, however it is you're trying to play, mm. I think I think it's I think that's something that is worth. There's, there's value in aspiring to that more than just, you know, well, it looks good or it feels like the right way mm. to play. I think it's it, it's it's good to, to to know that it will translate into a better finish. Absolutely, because that's, that's what it's all about at the end of the day, isn't it? I mean, I've you know, lost count of the amount of times people say it's all about results and it is about results. But in order to get those results, you must have a process, mustn't you, to, to get there and... No, we're yeah. we're going to be talking quite a lot about that process, uh, yeah. I'm sure, as we go through the episodes. So talking about that process, so what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to look at the the attacking side of the championship uh, and and really come up with some, hopefully, some valuable insights, some interesting insights that will show how well certain teams are attacking and therefore how well the players are attacking. We're going to certainly use some analysis, aren't we, David? And that's going yeah, to be that's that. certainly your side of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, think I've mentioned about you know the playing style analysis. Yeah. That we've got, and we're gonna we're gonna write you know right from now we're gonna mm -hmm. sort of identify. And we, as I say, we can go back. We can say, well, okay, let's let's look at any team and say how is their style of play as much as it's only just begun this season with mm. with only sort of just over 10% of the season gone. But can we kind of get a feel for how it compares with their style last season? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In previous seasons. Yeah, I was going to say that about the comparison to last season. That'd be interesting. Uh, you know, look at the the recruitment side of things, you know, what's changed and all that sort of stuff. It's, yeah, um, yeah it's good. And and comparing teams, obviously, with, with each other, mm. that, that we'll be able to do that. So I think we'll start with, you know, we'll start looking at the playing styles and um, what we've tried to do is we've tried to say, look, we, we don't just want to, we don't want to make this dry and and just analysis for the sake of analysis. Yeah. We want to try and go somewhere with this. So there's a, the idea, the intention is that we can say, well, look, we'll start with the playing style of the team, and within within that playing style, then we'll look at the players. Mm -hmm. And obviously, we've already said what well, we're going to be looking at attacking inclined players mostly and we've got a way of trying to um evaluate the performance the contribution the attacking contribution of the players um and we will introduce this idea of the game changer score mm -hmm. so yeah she's um yeah it's know. fantastic well it, we, we've got I'm to try super and, impressed with it yeah <laughs> we, we want a kind of a, a consistent thing that we talk about so there's a lot of really good stuff out there where people are, are watching games and, you know, in the championship particularly where, and they know an awful lot. And, and I mean, all of them, I think they're, they're, they're fantastic. They know so much about the players in the teams and how they've evolved over the years and attack the, the coaches styles and all that. It's fantastic stuff. We didn't just want to be another one trying to kind of mm. do the same thing. You know, because apart from anything else, we wouldn't do it as well as they do it. <laughs> so, you know, that it would be pointless. But what we're trying to do here is we're trying to say, well, 
can we try and tell a story? Can we try and start with mm. identifying the playing styles? Can we then look at the players and their contributions, their attacking contributions, bearing in mind that we think it's all about attacking? I remember we our first conversation about football and about statistics and data and that sort of thing. And, and I remember you saying there's a big difference between data and statistics and information. You know, and, and what it must be, the, the data and the statistics you're given can't just be numbers for the sake of numbers. It must answer a question, which means you have to ask a question. And what I really liked about your your sort of philosophy of it and, and your idea behind it was that we started off with a really nice sort of wide base, I suppose, to, to the pyramid of, of saying, right, what what is the playing style of, of of the team? You know, what is the manager trying to trying to do? Because we we first started looking at, at purely recruitment, didn't we? You know, yeah. and um, just recruitment of players. And we talked about not just identifying good players, but appropriate players, appropriate players for clubs. So we could ask anybody listening to this now. Tell me the five best uh, left wingers or centre forwards in the championship, and people could rattle those off no problem but the real gold is in identifying whether that player is appropriate for your playing style for the, the club's budget uh you know all, all these different things and taking all those different things into consideration and then coming up with a um you know an answer for someone of saying well yes this person could come into here because they play attacking pressing football uh they do that for whoever they play for in the second division of uh, Holland or, or whatever and, and come in and, and do the job so that's what I really liked about this and, and the and the game changes as well you know can you you know a little bit a little bit more about yeah the, the game changer side of things because yeah I just love the simplicity of it well hopefully it'll be simple and hopefully it will be somewhat you know useful mm. what, what we've tried to do is is there's, there's a ton of metrics where you're measuring performance how many how many metrics there. are there out there oh, now that... think, well that's there's hundreds i mean i yeah. don't know it depends because it depends Is it 500 on... or so you, yeah, you said it, to me before definitely yeah i mean it depends you know, the data is it? collected and then it's and then it's processed into these metrics so you can, mm. the obvious ones are the the ones we've all heard of the passing um metrics and the shooting yeah. metrics and the crossing metrics tackling challenging you know heading all sorts of things um and then you can and you can look at team metrics you can look at how teams have performed themselves how their opponents have performed against them in mm. all these very specific ways and there's a ton of these out there yeah and what we've tried to do is we've gone through and again we've analyzed them and said well as far as the championship is concerned which of these particularly attacking based metrics seem to be the most important ones in in terms of how how well they describe um a team's success so you, you to make it simple and obvious and a bit silly you could say well look a throw in mm -hmm. in your own defensive third is not very descriptive of how well you're going to do this season mm -hmm. you, know, you you can get the numbers for it yeah but it isn't going to tell you an awful lot Whereas the obvious ones, you know, that we can all think of, number of goals you score, will mm -hmm. do. They'll, they'll yeah. tell you a lot more. So what we've tried to do is to go through and build from the, the metrics we've identified. And I'm trying not to get too kind of, you know, <laughs> too complicated with this. We've, what we've tried to do is, is, to, is to come up with something that we can apply to players and teams and say, well, these, these are these what we call game changers are the ones that really have the most impact on where the team is going to finish. So mm. we'll measure them and we'll say, how well has this team performed in these areas? Um, but an important thing we've, we've done to begin with, is we started off with going back to what we talked about earlier, the expectations of the team. Yes. So we've said, right, well, if the expectation of the team was to finish, say, 16th, mm -hmm. then the way we're going to judge how well they performed in certain areas will be less harsh than if the expectation of the team was to finish third. Mm. Yeah. So, but this is all 
done automatically. This isn't our opinion of anything. This is just yeah. done by gathering the information and mm -hmm. running this these models to see you know what they come yeah. out with. And so we'll be trying to say, well, okay, here's how you've been performing, particularly as regards your attacking efforts. How does it measure up against the expectation that you had? Mm -hmm. And it might measure up adequately. Maybe mm -hmm. that, you know, well, you're doing about roughly what you would have been expected to have done. Mm -hmm. Or it might be that you've overperformed. You know, you may be doing much better than would have been expected. Or, of course, you may be underperforming. And we can all probably look at the, the league table now and say the teams that we think probably over and underperforming. But sure. what we're going to try and do is dig into it and say, well, yeah, we know Preston are top. And I don't think, you know, even the most sort of ambitious Preston fan would have necessarily said, well, we're going to win the league. Mm -hmm. And we know that Middlesbrough are bottom. And I don't think many people would have expected that that's how it will finish. Sure. But what we're going to do is say, well, look, given where you would have expected to be, um, then we're going to try and kind of say, well, uh, just use these objective measures to say, well, you might be overperforming or underperforming in these areas. Um, they're shortcomings, if you like, if you want to be rude about it. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, we'll take those and we'll say, well, given that you're, let's say, underperforming in these areas, against the expectation and given that um given that your style of play is this what might be the solution to the to the problem not just well you need a you need a player who does this yeah. but you you need a particular kind of player because mm -hmm. you play this way so we've tried to kind of combine it it's quite mm -hmm. ambitious i think in in lots yeah. of ways and the other thing i think to remember to say is that this isn't I'm not trying to suggest that, th that this is a uh, that you can apply a sharp instrument to fix these problems. This, sure. These are blunt instruments. Mm. The, the problems that that address you in these situations are, you know, they're not things you can say. Oh well, we can tell you exactly what you need, and then everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. Because you're dealing with human beings. The world doesn't, doesn't work. work that way, is it? No, no it life isn't like that. So no. we're not going to try and pretend it is. What we're trying to do is get a little bit of a guide. Mm -hmm. So we don't just say, well, you know, you mentioned it earlier. Anybody can say, oh, well, these are the best attackers in the world. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, how many times have you seen somebody do terrifically well at one club? only to move to another club and not be able to get off the ground. Absolutely. You, you don't become a bad player overnight, do you? So something has to have happened somewhere, doesn't it? And and it's not because he's not he doesn't know how to play. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. because, you know, something's not right in the combination of the way of the comp contribution he can make and the requirements of where he's gone. Mm. So we're trying to add, we're trying to identify what the requirements of the clubs might be. If they're mm -hmm. underperforming, if they're overperforming, well, you know, they probably on. yeah, it's not such a <laughs> big deal, is it? <laughs> no. um, but but if they're underperforming, and everybody's probably going to be underperforming somewhere or other during the course of the season, um, then it's going to be more of a case of well, this is where we are a little bit deficient, um, given who we are and what we're trying to do. These are some some things we might do about it, yeah. and then you mentioned earlier about recruitment it's going to feed into ultimately a system of well a tool that we've got where we can evaluate the global market mm -hmm. but we can evaluate it in particular terms in other words if yeah. you're a player if you're a team who play this way and you need this kind of player then th this is the order of of, of players that are out there who are performing in such a way as may, they might help you. That, yeah. That's kind of where we're trying to get to with it. Absolutely. And I, I remember the first time that you showed me that, the software that you, you'd set up to do that, and it, it blew my mind a bit, you know, because it was recruitment is so important, isn't it? It's such an, and that's going to be the thing that either takes you forward or, or holds you back. And, you know, we can all think of teams, I'm sure, in whatever league, you know, whatever team you support of, of players you've got who were absolute steals, and others that came in with all this, you know, fanfare and promise and just were complete duds. Um, but if if you can do anything to shift 
the advantage slightly, even one or two percent more in your favor. If you can get 55% of your transfers right compared to, you know, 50, then you're going to have hopefully that rolling process of improvement year on year on year. And maybe you end up like a like a Luton Town. We've referenced them a lot, but going from non-league all the way through to the Premier League, that's I don't think that happens by accident. Uh, there, there must be, and it would be fascinating to sit down with with someone at Luton who I'm sure wouldn't want to give any secrets away, but I'm sure it would be something as simple as we had a plan, we stuck to it, and we followed it, and yeah. and that they are where they are today, and and maybe that's not what all teams have is is that long term process, and um, yeah, so I, I was blown away by it because it it just showed how it can maybe skew the market in the club's favour if they're willing to take a slightly different approach to it. And, you know, that's what we'll be sharing with uh, with those listening today. So, yeah, be, well, uh, I hope yeah, so. I mean, it, it, there is a temptation, isn't there? We all have, we, we all, we're all subject to it where an opportunity arises, mm-hmm. you know, this player's available who yeah. wouldn't have expected or this player's going to be available cheaper than he should be or, mm-hmm. and, and there's a temptation to just look at the opportunity and not necessarily think about, I mean, it's the old story, you know, you, you, you're in a clothes store and you see something that's reduced from a thousand pounds to 99 quid and you buy yeah. it and then you think, but I don't even like it. <laughs> yes, it. Yeah. Well, I'm not even going to, I'm never going to wear it. <laughs> um, you know, and I know certain people who are more likely to do that. Than sure. Others. But, you Just... know, it is, I think this does, I'm joking, obviously, but I think you've, Football does happen with opportunities present themselves, and the club hasn't necessarily thought through: mm-hmm. is this actually the kind of player that we would have bought yeah. if we would have sat down and said, with the head coach or the manager, mm-hmm. what is it? What's your priority? Who do yeah. you need, and what do you need them to be able to do? Mm-hmm. And would we have come up with this player, or would we have come up with a player that maybe if you put them side to side? Nobody would have above him, you know, that they'd would say, yeah. no, no, he's not as good, but he can do the things that we want him to be able to do. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of where it's, that was the, the, where it was developed from. But what we're trying to, what we're hoping to do here is just, just try and identify what teams might need and then, you know, run it and see what's out there really. And what, what they, what, actions they might take and hopefully we can try to look at some of the actions that have been taken and mm. how they've performed and you know that sort of thing so yeah see how they've being, settled into their be teams being mm. objective about it mm. rather than just you know watching games and going well he's rubbish or that hasn't worked out yeah because because be that's a... that happens isn't it you know you, yeah. you you can be you can be sat in a little pod of people around and you know your new signing four of you think he's the best thing ever few more aren't quite sold and some people have you know completely ripping him to shreds you know and yeah. you're all watching the same game but yeah. you're seeing different things and and sometimes that can I mean we're, we're talking the day after England played Scotland in in a friendly at Hamden there and um and Harry Maguire is getting pelters at the moment isn't it and it's I, I find it quite sad actually to to see someone who a few years ago was you know very much you know, a, a hero of uh, of a lot of football fans, and now he's being. You know, every time he gets the ball, he's being jeered and and this, that, and the other. Um, and whatever he does at the moment, I think no one will see the good that he does. No one will see the positive stuff. No one will see him getting into good positions or good defending. All they'll see is him making a mistake, a mislaid pass, because that's now the emotional, uh, subjective view of the player, isn't it? Yeah, with and, the confirmation we, bias, it's yeah, yeah, ab- what absolutely. Expecting to see, and you see that it stands yeah. out more than it would if you were, yeah, you know, just trying to be objective about it. And people will get that view on players, won't they? They'll they'll yeah. say, "Oh no, he's he's fantastic." You know that that guy's fantastic. And and as you say, they they could well be, they could be a fantastic player, but they might not be the the most appropriate player for that particular system uh, under that particular coach. There is something interesting about looking at on-ball events, which are these sort of the metrics that are related to when a player or players interact with the ball. 
during the course of a game. And there's something like, on average, 100 per player. Right. You know, not not that you get the average, but that gives sure. you an idea of, how, mm-hmm. sort of roughly how many there are. So obviously passes, tackles, head, headers, crosses, shots, all those things are mm-hmm. interactions with the ball. And I used to think about, it's a bit like the player and the ball have got ink on them. Mm-hmm. And they're leaving a mark wherever they go and wherever they interact. Yeah. And there's a mark and you can't hide it. Mm-hmm. You can't say, well, this player has been brilliant for us, but there's no evidence of it. Yeah. We can't, we can't actually point to anything he's done. We mm-hmm. just we just know he's been brilliant because we watched him. Yeah. And you can't say, well, this player's been rubbish. He hasn't done anything. And yet look at all these things that we've recorded. Yeah, exactly. You know, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. But but when you watch a game, you know, you you don't ne- pick necessarily pick up on everything. But no. it's a it's a good way, and and obviously things have moved on a lot since just the basic um, metrics have been recorded. But um, it, it, for me, I just kind of think of it a little bit like that: is that it's it's a bit like you can't hide it. No, no, that's it. Yeah. Um, but you'll only find it, of course, if you're looking for it, and and that's yeah. that's what I enjoyed, you know, with, with your analysis of of things was. The fact that it was Sometimes answering. Sometimes you see it when you're not looking for it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it jumps out at you, Tom. Yeah. And you go, yeah. I never realised. Now sure. I kind of see what this guy says about him. Because uh-huh. you know, we've always heard, we hear managers and, and coaches say, oh, no, 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 this player's really important to us. And the fans mm-hmm. are going, oh, he's rubbish, he's this, he's that. Or yeah. it can be the other way around. Yeah. And sometimes when you look at these numbers, you realise, well, I get that now. I can yeah. see that now. I think that's a great thing where you get the subjective opinions meet up with the objective, you know, data, statistics and information, isn't it? And, yeah. and then you can you can make a much more informed decision uh, about uh, about a player and their and their worth and their value, which, um, yeah. you know, is is invaluable, really, isn't it? You know, if you're if you're buying that player or you're selling that player, um, you know, you really need to know that sort of stuff. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, you do. Good stuff. Well, I think we've covered most of the questions that I've got on my list for you, David. Oh, okay. <laughs> you've um, you've done that quite nice. I kind of forgot about the list after a while, but I think we've we've sort of gone through everything. Hopefully it's, you know, there's a, there's a process mm. and it will come through, I, th- I hope, that yeah. we're going to try to follow so that, you know, we can... We can we can tell a story, and we, we don't know where it's going to go. We're not saying no. we know. I don't know any of the answers. Well, no, we we can't tell the future. Well, that's we've got for a sure. Process, and we're going to follow it, and we're going to mm-hmm. hope it, it reveals some things. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's hope. It and I I think I think people are going to really like the recruitment side of it as well, because I hopefully what well I I certainly know that if a player is appropriate for a team, or, or we feel they could be appropriate for a team then they're going to get flagged up on our top 10 list or top 25. And then we could always, you know, if, if, if it comes up for your particular team, if you're listening, then, you know, you can go away and maybe research that player a bit and get a bit more informed about them and yeah. uh, and see if you agree. You know, do you think they'd be good for your team? Do you think they'd be a complete bust? You know, that's the great thing about football is it's not, um, as Dave was saying at the beginning, you know, it's not predictable, you know, 35% of results, you know, been predicted about now in, in the championship. Uh, so you can't get every single transfer transaction right. But what we're talking about is how you can go through a process and try and skew things ever so slightly more in your advantage uh, than they otherwise would be. So um, I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to be looking into the championship, you know, learning more as I go, because, um, you know, we can, nobody can ever know everything. Uh, hopefully we'll get some really, really good information from from all of you listening out there uh, about your clubs because no one will know it more than you because you sit there and you watch them and you study them all the time. So if you have any questions or any things that you'd like answered, if you've signed a new left winger who you think is absolutely fantastic, uh, you know, and changing the way your team plays, you know, just, you know, let us know and we, we can look into it. We can make an episode about that. No problem. If you've got a centre forward who's stinking the place out, then, you know, let us know. And again, we'll we'll look into it and see yeah, where it might be going wrong. Because, of course, it might not be 
the centre forward. It might be the fact that you got rid of a fantastic attacking midfielder. So therefore now the goal, the, the chances have dried up. You know, the centre forward's finishing the chances, but he's just not getting enough. So that will be the process we go through, seeing where those weak points are, where those shortcomings are that David talked about and uh, and how teams could potentially uh, remedy those uh, as uh, as we go through the season. Good yeah. stuff. Okay. Um is there anything you want to want to take a look at before we we finish up there David? I would just say one thing really just mm -hmm. if I could related to what you were talking about and recruitment is mm -hmm. it's very difficult. There've been in recent years with what you know you might call football's big data as it now is. It is presented massive opportunity. There's no doubt about that. You can find out information about, what is it, half a million players or something around the world, which has got to be a, a great opportunity. But along with that goes the potential for complete overwhelm. Absolutely. What the hell do you do? Where, where, yeah. do, where on earth do you start? Who, Absolutely. On, who the hell can watch even a fraction of the number of players that you might yeah. want to be able to watch? So it's it's just important, it's, it's more than important, it's absolutely essential that you have a process. Mm. You go, well, here's the way we do it. You know, we don't want to close our minds to the possibilities. We don't want to say, well, there's just too many, so we'll just concentrate on this area. Mm -hmm. We want to start potentially with everybody that might be of interest to us. Yeah. But we need a process that will get it to the point where our football experts and i'm a big advocate by the way yeah, of definitely. people who know about football you know i mm -hmm. i i definitely think that they're important but we we need to get it to the point where they can work their magic where they can watch players because you can't mm -hmm. watch you know we'll talk about all this and I, I won't go on about it but you can't watch more than a certain number of players per person per mm. season it's just yeah. impossible so no, you need right. to get it to that point and it needs to be done in a way that you know how you do it. You can reproduce it. You can pull it apart. You can criticize bits of it. You can change bits. You can measure the results of the changes. You can put it back together. And mm -hmm. that's it. Once you've got the system, once you've got the process, you can do all that stuff. Yeah. I'll shut that's up. It. Yeah. No, if it's, it's a similar, it's the same thing. You know, if you, if you, if you can measure it, you can manage it, can't you? Yeah. You know, if, if you're not, checking anything if you're not seeing what the feedback is in in that sort of feed continuous feedback loop hopefully um you can't possibly know where the leak is and where it's going wrong so uh no absolutely i'm i'm a big process person and i know i know you are as well which is why you've been able to put this process together and um yeah i think everyone will, will certainly see the uh see the benefits of having that system and being walked through it and becoming maybe a bit clearer on where their teams are going right and maybe where their teams could improve uh, as we go forward and also give them some nice juicy names of uh, of people who uh, who might be able to do that, uh, yeah, what players could so. come in and do that. So um, good stuff. Well, thanks a lot, David. Uh, thanks well, for your time as always. Yeah. And we will see you all in the next episode of Attacking the Championship. See you soon. Bye-bye.